0: What's up bookworms, I'm your host Stevie and you may know me from my book review Instagram book obsessed reviews that's a tongue twister welcome back to episode three of our bookshelf boyfriends podcast today we have yet another exciting episode planned where we will be joined by Jillian Leota and I'm really excited about this episode. And now with me right now is my co-host, good friend, and published author, Monty J. So take it away, Monty.
1: What's up, guys? MJ here. Um, How's everybody's week been? Because mine's been trash with a capital T. I have been moving, trying to get my Wi-Fi to do whatever Wi-Fi does, connect to people. I've been trying to write a book. Trying is the capital, is like the... The word of the week, I guess. Um, But it's going well. And uh, yeah, so I'm super excited for today's guest. And yeah, I think it's going to be great. (laughs) I'm in a party mood now. I'm hyper. Must be. I have coffee. I have coffee here. um, If anybody wants to know, I'm drinking cold brew. I'm hyper when I break a sprite with caffeine (laughs) free. Listen, I don't know what you've been drinking today, but. I feel like it's I need tequila. all those milkshakes I drink it's probably those milkshakes listen I need tequila that's what I need tequila straight no no lime no salt nothing just give it to me in a bottle that's Girl, what I need right now at a winery right now can I go there I don't even need wine wine is not strong enough to cure the week that I, I have had
0: <laughs> so yeah so can- what's going on book world I'm excited for, this, for- for books. Like, there's been I mean, so many
1: awesome. big books released. I need to discuss a book.
0: Alright, so tell me, what book do you have to tell me about?
1: Okay, so this book, Here Lives a Corpse by C.L. Matthews. First of all, when I first saw this on, I think it was my Facebook, and I saw the cover reveal, because that's when uh, I hadn't read anything by C.L. Matthews before. So sad I haven't, because let me tell you, this woman is talented. So... I saw it on my Facebook, I saw the cover reveal, and I loved this cover, and it wasn't like a typical, you know, like romance book cover, it was very, like, it's not like the shirtless guy or whatever, which I, you know, I love, i killer. kill her, I love a shirtless guy on a cover, but this one was very, I don't know, was, I don't know how to even describe it, it's very artistic, I loved it, I was excited, I was like, ooh, let me catch that blurb, let me read it. The cover is beautiful. But I loved it read the blurb and i was like oh that's to my tbr like i'm reading it she remind me of you she probably kind of does a little bit but so (laughs) i literally i literally added it to my tbr it came out like two days ago did i binge read it absolutely binge read that and it was like i started reading it and i could not stop this book is so freaking good. I have been looking for a new like dark romance series to get into because Penelope Douglas just finished her Devil's Night series with Nightfall and that wrapped that up. Break My Heart to Me in pieces because the Devil's Night boys are gone and, and their books are over with and I don't want to think about it because I love Damon, but it's fine. Anyways, I was looking for another dark romance to get into and like really just like wanted to find something in that, you know, whatever. And I just couldn't find anything I was like really digging. And then I found this book and I was like, oh, this is my jam. And it's a reverse harem, which is something I'm not, that was the one thing that I was like, oh, I don't know if I'm going to like that. Cause this is just not something that I'm into. And I know that a lot of people are, but it's just not something that I was into. Oh, I'm into it now. If C.L. Matthews writes it, I write, I like it. I'm reading it. Period. I really
0: do love this cover. I can't stop staring at it
1: so it's a, it's the first book in a five book series and you do oh and she leaves it with a cliffhanger not going to talk about it so they're not standalones. Yeah, you, you do have to read all five books in order and so there's here lives a corpse. listen listen to these these titles okay these titles are like chef kisses okay here lives a corpse here lies a saint here loves a sociopath here oh, praises sinner like and here saves a killer I love all of them. Those are like chef kisses. And so you have to read them in order. They all end with a cliffhanger. I'm already like, I'm like biting at the bit, like waiting for book two to come out. Book three, four, five and three, four and five. Okay. I need them all like in my life right now. Okay. They're so good. So 10 out of 10 recommend, please go grab that. I'm definitely ordering a paperback copy because I'm obsessed with this cover. I'm gonna order paperback copy in every single one of these books. But yeah, so that's literally been my week. Moving trying to get my wi-fi fixed writing my own my third book in the fury series and then binge reading cl matthews who literally blew my mind
0: my week was insane
1: everybody's week's been insane it's 2020 well
0: when you have a week that consists of 10 11 12 13 14 15 16 17 book releases and have to read all 17 books October's a busy month, isn't it? Yes, but I do want to pinpoint a book that released today because I don't know how many Devaney Perry fans there are. Mm -hmm. I like Devaney Perry. She recently started writing Under Willa Nash. And she released a new book today, Under Willa Nash, which is her new-
1: Willa Nash?
0: Yes. Oh, I love that. I love that. So this new book is called The Bribe.
1: Ooh. I love being part of her
0: Montana. It's a Montana series, so it's a small town in Montana, and the guy's a sheriff and the country singer.
1: Is it cowboys? Please tell me it's like cowboys. Well, it's more of
0: small town romance in Montana with a sheriff with a hot steamy
1: sheriff. Okay, all right, I'm cool. Girl, give me the hot steamy sheriff. You can handcuff me. (laughs) This book.
0: had me like, whoo! And I love Devaney Perry. I've been reading her for a while, and mm-hmm. her other books have never ceased to amaze me. She just gets better and better every time. And then she hits me with this on Ash. I love it. And at first I did not know it was
1: her. I'll have to add that to my TBR.
0: So that was fun, not knowing it was her.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: But then to be told that it was her writing under a new pen name and I was super excited about that because she is awesome and another today was another big day for all the driven world books because it is Thursday and Thursdays means driven world novels are released (laughs) which means there was like 10 of them so that's exciting
1: um another thing about I wanted to touch on about C.L. Matthews if you go to read her dude I literally have been talking about this book for like the past two days (laughs) So, like, another one thing I really wanted to touch on, something that I really enjoyed seeing is so a lot of, okay, so I've seen like with my writing personally, a lot of people think that I'm very wordy, and I probably am because I talk like I write, and that's fine. That's just how, you know, I prefer to write it. And I write in prose a lot and like in like a poetic kind of, I don't know, I guess a way to describe it. I use a lot of like personification and like those kind of things of like, Making inanimate objects animate and just very like prose like writing. Okay. And I got a lot of, um, it wasn't really negative feedback, just a lot of people with their preferences of not enjoying reading it like that. And I hate that that's not what people like, but it's just how I prefer to, you know, write my books. CL Matthews, oh, uh, the descriptiveness. I, Stephen King was what I was brought up on, Stephen King and like, uh R.L. Stein, so like scary books books that you had to be very descriptive in order to be scared because you want to be submerged into that kind of world right right E.L. Matthews did that it was so descriptive and you know I'm sure there are gonna to be tons of people out there that's like oh my god it's too long it's too much it's not too much it's enough for me okay it's not even yeah. enough like you could have gone with more we could have had more descriptive I loved it she puts you into a world it, the world building was insane the men Oh god I don't even want to talk about it. you oh yeah I like wordy books because then the
0: men have it like a you just you can picture them it's like the yeah. words come off the pages and you're watching it instead of reading it
1: exactly and I think there's a fine line to balance between like a wordy I feel like wordy is like a negative connotation versus saying descriptive right and so I think there's a there's a balance between being wordy and there's a balance between being descriptive and I think that's where a good editor comes in in order to help you you know nip some of those out but I think that like with my writing personally I understand that people don't like long internal monologues but that's like my favorite part of a book you know like don't me wrong I love when characters have banter or conversations but I also don't like when there's no like internal monologue within character conversations you know like I want to be inside somebody's head that's the whole reason why I'm reading it I want to know who that person is I want to know their thought process I want to know why they're thinking the way that they're thinking not just like she said this and then he said that and then she said this and then he said that like that because that's not how I am when I communicate with other people you know right. because, like, somebody says something to me and my brain's like Uh Uh-huh. Yeah, I know. That's what I was thinking. Like, I'm talking to myself, you know, like, and so that was something I really enjoyed about CL Matthews. It was so descriptive. It was dark. It was gritty. It's a, oh, it's a dark bully romance, like not a new adult in a, and I love it. So go read it. 10 out of 10 recommend. I think it's my top read of 2020, like 100% top read without a doubt.
0: And I like to state that
1: MJ just told me that I had to put it at the top of my list and stop what I'm doing and read it right now. Yes, and I'm never that excited. Like, I mean, don't, I love reading. Reading is like a part of me, but like since I've, you know, started this journey of becoming an author and starting to write more and, you know, publish books, I haven't had as much time to read as I would like. And this is the first book of this year since I've, this is the first book since I've started reading, since I've started writing that has made me be like, you know what? We're not going to type up any chapters. We're going to binge read this and has made me just be like, everybody shut up and listen to what I have to say about this book. Okay. So that's funny. how I feel. And so, yeah, definitely top read of 2020 for me. That's exciting. I love
0: top reads of this year. And I am looking to make my list for the end of the year. Cause I'll do it in December, obviously right before the new year hits. But um,
1: there's been some great books this year and it's going to be hard to decide. Oh, I know. I agree. And I think it's like this, book, this year in general has just been crap. And so the good books that have came out have just kind of made 2020 a little better. I will thank COVID for all the good writing that authors have done because they literally <laughs>
0: nowhere to go, but be stuck in our house and come up with
1: good books for us to read exactly exactly but
0: like like, i'm excited because november there's some great books coming out next month there's my book comes out next month marlo ray's releasing her new book next week and i'm excited for her because i am really good like i talk to her on a a pretty
1: regular basis now and and robinson and rachel van dyken are releasing releasing romeo casanova casanova listen to my tongue twister over here romeo casanova Next, it's either next month or in December. I think it's no, November. I think it's November too. November,
0: November. and in November. I want to say the sign up. The sign up actually just came out for it for Romeo Casanova. Oh, because I just got the email for for Valentine.
1: Because I believe Valentine's handling it. Um, I think they're. Off. I think both. I think both Wildfire and Valentine are mm-hmm. handling it because Monica. November seventeenth. November yeah, seventeenth. And
0: Robinson does. Monica does.
1: wildfire Wildfire
0: and rachel dies valentine valentine so exactly that's they would split it
1: but we're about to find out some all kinds of new information from an author that feels like a demon seduces like a god i know i saw that i was like hello blurb but we're about to find out all kinds of cool information from a new author that i'm super excited to talk about and talk to um i actually wasn't you know i didn't really know a lot about this author until stevie kindly introduced me to her and so I'm super excited to get on the phone and talk to her <laughs> okay so I'm so glad that you're here I'm super excited to talk to you we're super excited to talk to you I forget that it's a pair and I need to use it as such um <laughs> it forgets about me often I do not forget about you anyways so the starting question that we really started to is like our signature I guess is where did your love of storytelling come from
2: Oh, that's a great question. I'm not sure that it necessarily came from anywhere, except it's just, it's been something that I've loved for a really, really long time. I actually when we moved to Hawaii, my mom sent me a big old box of stuff that Mm -hmm. she had had. um, You know how you just leave stuff with your parents and (laughs) she's like, it's time for you to get all this stuff out of my house. (laughs) Yes. Um, And it included all these little books that I wrote when I was a kid. So like in your first and second grade classes, you would write like a story and you would draw a picture and then you'd write sentences under them. And so I have like Detective Colette, which was my maiden name. (laughs) And Oh, it's about a you know jilly colette the detective and a, this other one about a mermaid so it's kind of just always been there i've always had this kind of creative bug in the back of my mind and have always looked for an outlet for it and i'm really glad i found writing
1: so what <laughs> was kind yeah. of like the push the <laughs> <laughs> so what was kind of like the push like you know to like actually like get into like publishing like you wanted to publish your first book like what was the big like this is what i'm going to do I'm sitting down and I'm doing it. Well,
2: um, in 2013, my dad passed away and I was looking for something to kind of escape Mm -hmm. and um, not think about life as much because I was dealing with all the grief. And I started reading romance. And that was kind of the first time that I found the romance genre and I was hooked. Yeah. And a few, I would say maybe like a year or two later, I read my first Colleen Hoover book Mm. and um, she had just written a blog and it was called a raw blog post. Mm -hmm. And it was all about, and I know a lot of people have read that post (laughs) and it, it, I think it launched a lot of author careers and it definitely launched mine because in that post, she talks about the fact that she was reading and couldn't find a book that she like with the type of story she wanted to read so she just decided to start writing Writing, and that was a it was like a new concept to me the idea of like just write it like just sit down and start writing and I was very inspired and that's kind of where things began and I started writing my first book that year I think it was 2015 and I published it in 2016 it took me about a year a little maybe like a year and a half to write my first book it was called The Keeper and it's a sports romance a new adult sports romance and
1: love sports romance. I was
2: addicted after that and yeah. I'm coming out with my 10th book in January so. which
1: is the third book of the, the novella novella, it's a
2: novella yeah oh, okay, okay so okay. it's It is the second book um, for my Cedar Point series just came out October 5th Mm -hmm. and um, the like a little novella is that's it's it's featured as a part of a book box that's coming out in December and then I'm going to be um, but I'm also giving it away in my newsletter. So <laughs> oh,
1: okay. All right. Sign up for her <laughs> newsletter. I really love that you said, I think that's my, my favorite piece of advice that I've ever like seen. Nobody really gave it to me. I saw somebody quote it one time. I was like on like the internet or something. Mm-hmm. My favorite piece of advice I've ever heard is when you can't find a book that you want to read, write read the book it. you want to read. And mm-hmm. that was like, that was like my mind was like, that's a good idea. I'm gonna do that. Because I have, like, all of these, I have, like, tens of thousands of ideas of, like, things I want to write, and, like, you try to, like, find a book that fits what you're, like, looking for, and then if you don't find it, it's just, like, the concept of, like, hey, like, you can do this, like, you're creative, sit down, write it, and you did, and I did, and it was, like, eye-opening, it was insane
2: it's really inspirational to have someone kind of put the responsibility back on you. Like if you want to see something like this in the world, make it yourself. Exactly. Whether it's, whether it's writing, whether it's something you want to see, you know, artistically, whether it's something you want to see in your community or in mm-hmm. politics, like if you want to see something, you yeah. need to be the person that creates that thing.
1: Yeah. And I think writing is such like a, I'm trying to find the way to like articulate this. Like, I think writing is such a, like you said, like it's really powerful for like somebody to put that responsibility on you to really just be like, if you want it, do it. And I think that's kind of like a stepping stone for like a lot of people to be like, okay, this author like wanted this book in the world. And so she wrote it and then Mm -hmm. put it into the world. Like what could I put into the world that I want to see, you know? And I think that's just like the whole process is just insane and like mind blowing to me. (laughs) so Absolutely. tell us a little bit about your uh, new the new release coming out the opposite of falling about the new release
2: yeah tell so it just came that. out october 5th and it's so it's the second book in the cedar point series which is um the series that i've created in a little lakeside mountain town my favorite um, i you know i've never written
1: she loves this book it's in my I
0: tbr love, i love briar briar was one of my favorite <laughs> characters from book one and i was so excited because her personality is just like
1: i have it in my tbr i'm currently in a work in progress so i'm trying to focus on that but it's in my tbr because she has literally not been quiet about this series as often. Awesome. every <laughs> time i'm like book wrecks she's like these two right here this series start it i'm like yes got it thank you stevie well, as
2: the author of that series I can tell you it feels amazing to hear somebody say like. <laughs> well,
0: I have not been shy with you about how much I love that series, that series I know like, when I signed up for the first one I was I was really excited because I love small town like that kind of stuff has always been my favorite go-to but then I met the characters and fell in love with the entire family because that family is insane and
2: hey I'm excited to read all of their stories well I'm excited to write them all <laughs> um so the the series follows it will follow the five Mitchell siblings the Mitchell family mm-hmm. siblings and the first book was about the oldest brother Boyd and um this second book Ooh. the one that just came out is about the oldest daughter or the, it was the first one was the oldest son this one's the oldest daughter Briar and she is back home Uh, and not happy about it Um, but she had she left behind an unhappy relationship and is kind of just resigned to the life that she now has to deal with um, Mm -hmm. back back home and she gets a job at a grocery store working for the boy now a man (laughs) that she had a crush on as a teen and, I love that um,
1: I love that my, yeah. my my butterflies were just like oh god if that would have happened to me right now I would die <laughs> <laughs>
2: um and it's this it's this thing between them where she knows that she never wants she just want to stay and he mm-hmm. is like I love my hometown okay. and they know nothing between them can like last so they create this friends with Benny's relationship that and it kind of stems from there so yeah. I Yeah I I feel like it turned out pretty
0: good. (laughs) It really did. I I was satisfied with their book. I was very happy to see it with Andy because we met him in in book one. Yeah. Briefly and I was like he would be a good character. Mm -hmm. And I was so excited to see more of him and learn his story. Yeah.
1: I like how realistic that is that like you know you come home like say like you've been you know, out into the world and like you, it didn't work out. And so you have to come home and you're kind of having to start over and you start over like, you know, getting a job at the grocery store or like the general store or something like small, like hometownish. And I love how realistic that is. I love that. Like, I love that. And another thing I seem to notice is that your books like seem to have like a strong sense of like family and like finding your own like tribe kind of thing. Is that something that you, like a personal journey that you've went through and like you've had? Like, do you have your tribe? Is that worth
2: Absolutely. Work? I feel like I was... I am very fortunate to have really good relationships with my family. I am incredibly close with my parents. I'm close with my siblings. I'm close with my husband's siblings. Like we have, we joke about all of us <laughs> buying properties like together and having like a little compound. <laughs> and so it's very, it feels very natural and very easy to write about family relationships. Mm-hmm. Not only the, the like broken, unhealthy ones, but also the ones that are redeemable yeah. and the ones that are tried and true, like the sibling that has always been there for you. Mm-hmm. And, um, and yeah, I just, I feel like support, you know, like I, supporting characters in your life are so important. And that's why I try to write really strong supporting characters for the hero and heroine in the books that I write because yeah no, you know nobody lives their life in a vacuum Alone. nobody yeah. is all by themselves <laughs>
1: yeah I have, like, I have the opposite problem with that, so, like, not that I don't, like, not that I don't have good relationships with my family, but it's been a very rocky road Mm -hmm. with certain issues, like, parts of my family, like, I grew up without my mom in my life, so when I am, like, writing these characters' backgrounds, every single time, it seems like I'm, like, one parent's gotta be out of the picture, everybody, in like, my betas (laughs) and alphas are, like, Alex. Listen, somebody's gotta have both parents in the picture, girlfriend. And I will agree with that because I've gotta for her. We've (laughs) gotta have we gotta have two parents in the picture on this one or something like that. So I seem to have like an issue with doing like something about a family has to be broken for me to be like, okay, I'm I can relate to this. And then like I think rebuilding my big thing is like not finding the family that you were born with, but finding the family that you choose. to have and the family that finds you and that's like something that I would like to say is like really like important to me when I'm like reading like when I'm writing my books is that finding the family that chooses you and like you choose them
2: I love that (laughs) and and it's, it's it feels like that speaks very very well to the kind of time we're in I think in generations past, you the expectation was always that you were at home. A lot of people never left their hometown. Mm-hmm. They, they only knew their family and the people they grew up with. And now the world feels a lot smaller and people travel a lot more and they move away a lot more. And so you have to kind of create those relationships and those bonds somewhere else. And a lot of times it's, it's your friendship family that becomes the people you rely on the most.
1: Yeah. And it's like a super scary kind of thing that you have to really think about when you're branching out and like, moving on and, like, moving to different places is, like, trying to find those people that are going to stay in your corner and, like, be there for you, and yep. I think that writing those relationships are super beautiful, and it just, it makes me emotional thinking about it. I'm such an emotional <laughs> creature. <laughs> Jesus, don't laugh at me if I cry. Um. Okay, so what is your writing process like? Like, do you have a timeline? Are you that super organized Stevie who color coordinates things? I do or color coordinate. Are you, like, you know, doing it's <laughs> you know, kind of person? Well, I, I'd i like to say that when it
2: comes to being an author, I'm very organized and meticulous, but when it comes to actually writing, I'm a pantser. Like I am not a plotter. Um, I admire so much the people who can like outline an entire story and then write that story exactly the way that they envisioned it because oftentimes what comes to me when i want to write a story is a specific scene or a specific character and that's it and i don't i'm sure that if i sat down and really tried to do like the plotting technique i could do it Mm -hmm. maybe um but (laughs) possibly like this idea of my characters being able to morph and shift and change as i'm writing their story because it feels it feels realistic to me. Like if I'm creating this character, I'm also learning about them and mm. and trying to understand the way they would handle certain situations and what their reactions would be like. And I, I feel like that's an exciting part of the creative process for me. So it everyone that in my life. Is always surprised when they find out that I don't plot out my books because I'm so structured yeah. and organized about everything else in my life <laughs> when it comes to writing. I just can't do it. And um, so, like, I, right now I'm working on the fourth book in my Hermosa Beach series, which is a, a different series. And um, I have like three solid things that I know about the book, and everything else is just kind of a mystery. Yeah. Um, Uh, the only things I know for sure are the things from the previous books that I have to hold true to, because now they're out in the universe. Um, But apart from that, that's really, plotting, plotting. that's that's as much plotting as it's getting. Yes. I think
1: that, (laughs) I think that that shows like the kind of like creative process when it comes to like writing a book is like, and like really how much these characters take on their own personalities. It's like, I will have, I don't, I wouldn't say I outline. I'm more or less like I'll do like a number of chapters and I'll hit like big points. Like I want this to happen at this point, like this and this and this, I'm not sure where they're going to go, but I want these to happen. And then I'll be writing it and the characters will just be like, you know what? That's not happening. Sorry. Can't help it. I'm not doing it. And I think that that's really cool to like, it, with other authors like talked, so I'm not alone in this world when I say that like I have a plan for what that I want them to do but once you start writing them and you they really create like who they are and they kind of like take on a life of their own and they have like a different personality than you completely you have like, to no. be able to shift away from that exactly like, you have
2: to acknowledge this is this isn't a, even though I had envisioned this plot point this character wouldn't do that thing so I need yes. to figure out <laughs> the next play like what's the next logical step for this character
1: exactly and I think that is just the most it's the most confusing but also (laughs) the coolest thing ever I, 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 I like simultaneously hate it and love it at the same time like Stevie has to deal with me messaging her and like my last book that just came out at the end of September um those two characters like pissed me off the whole time like the whole time writing them I was like what do you want I don't know what you want from me. I got I, like
0: me- text messages probably.
1: Like three o'clock in the morning. times
0: A day, like reading <laughs> different ways that she had written the chapters. I was and like, it, and I'm a beta reader for her. So I already read the beta <laughs> I was
1: like, these characters. I was like, I don't know what they want from me. Like, do they, I don't understand. And it's just—it's really cool, and I love that process, and I love talking to other authors. And I'm like, thank you, Jesus, that I'm not alone in this world, and I'm not crazy.
2: You are definitely not alone. i I don't know about the crazy part. I think we're all a little bit crazy, (laughs) just a
1: tad. (laughs) Hey, I'm a
0: blogger. Voices
2: are very real. Like the fact that we can say, this person wouldn't actually do that. um, That makes it like a legitimate, real person voice in our minds so maybe yeah. we're all a little nuts
1: <laughs> and these are like my little babies like these are like my children like I don't have any children of my own and so these are like like I don't know like I've created these people from like the ground up and so when they go through like monumental steps I get emotional like
0: oh look <laughs> at I love
1: that <laughs> I it's just so bad like you know like if you like get like if you have two characters that were in like book one and then they get married in like book four and you're like Oh You're my like God. Out of
2: them, like We've look, I've like- such a long way. <laughs>
1: like, like you've stopped being an asshole and you've got over yourself, and now we're, look what you did. Like, congratulations.
0: I want to say it was Krista Sandor that I was talking to about her own the eighth series because she wrote, she literally wrote own the eighth, own the Eights gets married, and the own the Eights baby.
2: Oh, yeah. That's
0: right. So it was like they grew with her over time. And, and she said it was really funny writing that last book and how sad it was for her to close the chapter on these two that she started with that met over writing a blog. So,
2: you so know, the stu- one thing I have me. not done, the one thing I have not done is write another book about a character about characters I've already written before. Right. And something that has been percolating in the back of my mind is doing like and this is like far out but revisiting (laughs) my Hermosa Beach series during the holidays and kind of doing a check-in with all the characters you met like through the series yes um, once it's all said and done and I feel like that like I have no idea what to expect from a process like that because Mm -hmm. my my storylines they have like a start and an end and I might envision things for them in the future but I don't go through that journey with them mm-hmm. so I'm so and I'm, I'm so impressed by the authors who can write multiple books about the same characters and give them continued progressive yeah. engaging storylines because I'm I don't know if I can do that I mean maybe I can but I, <laughs> I feel like that's such a fantastic skill to be able to to be like this is their next step as a couple as yeah Whenever. And I
0: mean, I, I, think, I give huge shout-outs to Nikki Ash and Heidi McLaughlin because they both are like the queens of going back and rewriting stories. My plot like, brain could never, like could Nikki never. Ash has her fighting series, but then wrote, went back and wrote the kids stories, and now working on the grandkids. And Heidi and, um, did the same with her Beaumont series. I'm my like, brain, I can't.
2: Who else my did favorite. that? I think Aurora Rose Reynolds did yes, that too she did where she really. did and there's like yes. out, somewhere in the ether there's like this tree of like their family tree of that like the right? characters and who their kids are and then those kids have kids. kids yeah, like,
0: Somebody oh, did it for me and posted it on Instagram and because her new <laughs> series is getting ready to come out I think in December and it's the grandkids of the original parents. And, I'm oh like, and I, read, I read both like both the parents and the kids. So I so, know that both she, and she lived up to it and that's got to be a hard thing to do.
1: Yeah, and her. I mean I think the hardest thing from that is cuz my series the series that I'm currently writing which is going to be six books and like spoiler alert if you read my stuff, I'm going to have two books at the end. It's the last book in the series and then an novella to tie it all together which will be children of the books I'm currently writing. And that's, that's as far as that's going. My brain could never handle anything <laughs> more than that. But the thing, the thing that's really tricky for me is, like I said earlier, having a lot of my characters' like a, like personality is coming from like a broken part of their family. And yep. so the thing I have to be super careful about is they're coming from a great family. Because if I have these two characters that you guys love and adore, and then I make them do something wrong to their children that make them upset... It's a problem. And everybody is upset. And so you have to be super careful with that. And so in that way, you have to, like, make a plot line that has external influences that mess with this couple, instead of like family issues, because you can't touch that. Because... Because these these,
2: precious characters, this this other book, you can't make them unlikable now.
1: Exactly, because everybody likes them. And then you run into that problem of like, oh my God, like, I'm so upset. You know, they they ruined like the first, second book or whatever, and so that just makes me super nervous, but it's gonna be fine. Everybody. I believe in you. (laughs) I got it.
0: (laughs) This brings me into the next question because as a blogger, this is a good question. How do you handle the negative feedback? (laughs)
1: with lots of alcohol
2: (laughs) (laughs) I feel like I handle it just as I would say on average I handle it about just as well as anybody does (laughs) (laughs) I'm not gonna sit and read you know all of the any any like negative reviews I'm not gonna spend my time on it um But at the same time, like, I understand, like, I, what was that? It was like, there's some sort of adage that's like, you're not for everybody. Mm -hmm. And I try to, I try to accept that and like breathe that in and then let out any frustration I get when people don't like my books, because there are some authors out there who are incredibly successful and I do not like the way that they write. Yeah. Yeah. But that doesn't invalidate invalidate their writing style. And it doesn't take away at all from the fact that they connect with clearly with a ton of readers. Yeah. And so if I have to, if I accept that that's true for them, then that's also true for me. Like that my books will connect with certain people and not with others. And that has to be okay because we are all different people and we are going to be attracted to different things. So that's kind of the way I approach it now. I am fortunate enough that the reviews I have read that are negative are are fairly gracious and they are not personal at all. <laughs> and I feel that like That scares
1: I, me. I'm waiting for it. Oh my god. My hands I, sweat I Thank you
2: haven't god. gotten to that part of my career yet. Ooh. Um and I'm thankful that I'm not there because I don't I don't exactly know how I would handle that someday. Um but right now I feel like I'm doing okay.
1: Yeah, and I mean <sighs> like it's like that one quote where it's like some people want a cup of tea and you're a cup of whiskey okay like it's just how it it's (laughs) just how it needs to be and I mean everybody's gonna have different tastes in what they write and me and Stevie have had this conversation like multiple times when it comes to like I may not like the plot of a book but I can appreciate good writing and I can appreciate the time that it went into it and 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 the thought process to create something like this and it's, it's difficult and it's hard. And I would love to be the person that's just like, okay. And not read the bad reviews. I wanna be that person. And I'm, I'm getting to the point where I am there. Like I, I don't like go on Goodreads and I don't go on Amazon and I don't check it. And I don't like sift through it like I did when I published my first book. But like, occasionally I'll just be like, I wonder. And I'll think about it. It'll be in the back of my mind. And I'll think about that one bad review that like literally destroyed me. And then I'm like, listen, Alex. I'm like, listen, it's gonna be okay. there are going to be people that connect to what I write and the people that are connecting to it that's who you write it for and that's who you want reading it and that's all that matters and it's easier to say that than to go through it I guess
0: we've talked about this before because I've gotten judged because I don't write bad reviews I will never write a bad review because I respect every single author and what they've done yeah, and the fans that like their write their reading. Great. I I applaud them for being able to write. I might not like your plot, might not like your characters, but I
2: respect your job. I had I, I will say that I have very much appreciated the negative reviews that said they like my writing style and yes. they could see me being attractive to, to other readers. Mm -hmm. But that for them, they just didn't connect with the storyline, or they didn't like this particular character, or, you know, whatever. Exactly. But, you know, but Mm -hmm. other people might like it, so other readers maybe, you know, like, and I felt like that was a gracious way to handle it. Now, I'm not saying every blogger has to handle it that way, because- everyone has a different
1: style. Every I'm blogger ter- will
2: have a different style just like every author does.
1: Yeah. I'm terrified of the day that somebody like comes for like me personally like that. No. <laughs> that ma- and I like to think that I'm a good person. Like I don't donate millions of dollars to charity or anything but I'd like to think that I'm a good person and so that makes my hands sweat because some people mm-hmm. are very like they don't like a book and they're very passionate about it yeah. and and that is scary. But at the same time, there are also people who are very passionate about it in a positive light. And I have met so many people through like writing these books, like bloggers and hey. books of grammars, like Stevie, <laughs> and all kinds of other people that are so like passionate about like promoting books that they love. And it just like it blows my mind how supportive that this community can be. And I think that's amazing.
2: It is. <laughs> like- and I think it's one of those things you have to look for too, because there are, there are just as many people being great and wonderful in this community as there are some that maybe drag it down a little bit. And so mm-hmm. you have to like choose the attention that you focus on. Exactly. Like if I, for example, I cannot get on Twitter. I can't follow any um romance landia blogger stuff author stuff on twitter because it feels for me it feels like everything is a complaint
0: mm-hmm.
2: and not that those complaints aren't valid and not that those people shouldn't have a place to air their grievances but I am always looking for the kind of uplifting positive yeah like this is a wonderful place to be authors and bloggers and readers you
1: grow with what you surround yourself with And if you don't want to grow in a negative space, I don't even get on Twitter. Twitter stresses me out.
2: (laughs) (laughs) And so
1: it stresses me out. My biggest thing is, is I am younger than most people in like the writing community that we are involved in. And I am younger. And it's like, I had one bad review that I did. Shut up. I (laughs) I did read this one review that did mention my age. And I just... I've, I would like to say that I'm an old soul. I have been through a lot and I, I I don't want to say that I know everything because I don't think anybody knows everything, but I feel like I have some type of something in my brain that people like reading and people enjoy getting from. And so like being younger in this community makes me so nervous and like talking to people makes me so nervous because I'm afraid that the first thing that they're going to do is like judge me because you know like they have more experience or they're older it's just like hey I write books too like they like I feel like I have some type of you know like I've been through stuff that can that has helped me develop these characters and these plot lines and if people would just get past the fact that I'm a little younger and that my books like aren't immature like (laughs) we would get somewhere but it just like makes me nervous that's like my biggest fear is my age and I don't know why it's a stupid thing to be insecure about, but so that's one thing I struggle with. And I don't
2: feel like insecurity about something is ever stupid. I think it, it usually stems from somewhere, mm-hmm. like somewhere else outside of why you're insecure <laughs> about it. Yeah. And yeah. I, I mean, I just want to say like, I personally have never thought of any other author's age ever in my entire life. So it's like that thing when you're in high school or junior high and you walk to the bathroom by yourself and you assume everybody is aware of the fact that you are walking by yourself and that you're a loser <laughs> yes. and that you are a loser who has to walk across you know the school by yourself because nobody wants to go with you yes and like in reality nobody is paying attention to you
1: and, <laughs> you I, know, well, and so I'm so like true. I need that to be so life. true right now <laughs> like please and like, I, I, I think that that's true for like most aspects, but like there have been like times where people have like brought it up and like in a joking matter, but at the same time, it makes me like, my hands are sweaty thinking about it. And so yeah. it's just something I struggle with. And is there something that you personally struggle with? Like being like, cause you know, you're a public figure, you're like writing these books and you like almost have to like, you have this responsibility to like be this person and do you like anything like you struggle with or like something that makes you nervous? You know, I would say I probably,
2: my, my largest insecurities come from the way I feel about how I look. And mm-hmm. I feel like in social media, it, and I could, I could be totally wrong. It feels like some of the more successful authors have a really like beautiful presence that they put forward, like mm-hmm. from, not only well curated social media, but also the way that they look in mm-hmm. their pictures and in their marketing and, you know, the kind of the things they put forward. And I have struggled most of my life with, with, um, image, you know, yeah. issues about the way if that I look. With and it's I just think one of beautiful. the most- it's one of those things, thankfully, though, I feel like I'm kind of leaning into this kind of quirky lady thing I have going <laughs> on. <laughs> so because we did, a, we did a survey recently, um, of the readers who are part of my reader group and a part of my newsletter, and asked them for their perceptions of me based on what I put forward on social media. Mm-hmm. And a lot of people said that I seem really fun. And I was like, you know what, Thank Not you. a single one of these people made a comment about my weight. Not a single one of these people made a comment about, I don't know, my, my mustache or like any of the other weird <laughs> things about like myself that I struggle with when I look in yeah. the mirror. And these people, you know, who are filling this survey out, they say I look fun. And that's, that's part of like, who I feel like I am. So clearly I'm putting forward something that is connecting you know, the I, way that I'm, I'm wanting it to, and I just need to lean into it.
1: I think that personally, I think you're very beautiful. I love the short oh, hair. So if I, you. if I could cut my hair off and rock it like you do, I would do it. Oh my but, gosh, you should totally do it. Listen, I, I did it oh in,
2: this year. I did it during oh. the pandemic. I was like, you know what? I am going to use the fact that the world is a dumpster fire as an excuse for shaving my head because I if love it it's horrible then I can just write it off as the thing I did during the, during the 2020s. I love and that. I say, go for it. Do it. Ooh. Just leave it. It's that whole TikTok thing where it's like-
1: Just, <laughs> just do it. Just do <laughs> I it. I did it. <laughs> I think that I would like to say that I would like to believe that social media is all inclusive because that's what so many different sites preach. But the truth of the matter is, is that there are times when it, it's not all inclusive. And mm. that whether- you know anybody wants to believe it or not that there are certain body types and certain people and certain aesthetics of how people look that people prefer over other people and i struggle with that in high school as well because i'm so weird okay like do you not see these <laughs> hand movements here i'm italian okay we're we'll talking my hands i'm really weird and i was built very different from the girls i went to school with like i have linebacker shoulders and i like i was bigger i was built bigger and i was built yeah. like my dad and so needing some, somebody to be like, Hey, like your body type is fine. And who you are is beautiful. And as long as you are healthy and happy in that body type, like that's enough, that's enough. That's That's more than enough. Exactly. And I think that that's what I think personally, I would rather see that than I would see somebody who looks aesthetically all put together or like what social media wants to see. Like I would rather, I would have loved to have seen somebody that looked like me somebody with like bigger thighs and somebody with bigger shoulders. And to be like, your body type is beautiful. And as long as you love it and you're comfortable with your body and you're healthy, like what is stopping you? Like the world is your oyster.
2: A hundred percent. And I feel like, I feel like growing up, i i was a teenager during the um jennifer Aniston is like the epitome of I like still what the is' still gorgeous she's still absolutely gorgeous my life. but there it was like the whole like paris Hilton like mm-hmm. really tan really like you got that kind of like hips with where the bones stick out on the side look yeah and like, that is just not how my body is built like yeah. i just it wouldn't matter if I lost every ounce of of fat on my body I still would not be built that way um and I I really do I wish that I had that there had been people in the public sphere who had preached the body positivity um, self-love mantra that I think has become so much bigger and louder in Mm -hmm. the past five to ten years and I love seeing the people who are saying like you need to love yourself regardless. Like
1: Lizzo, and, man, and that girl perfect, perfect, loves herself. And there's exactly there. nothing wrong, and at the same time, there's nothing wrong with girls who are built, you know, skinnier, and girls who are yeah. built with that. There's nothing what wrong. What I was saying
2: wasn't implying. Yeah, 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 <laughs> yeah.
1: I got you. At
2: five, at five, two, like I'm, I am built short and wide. Yeah. And I'm not, I'm not going to be built long and thin. My, my sister is like it, like built I, like my stepdad and it, she is just, She's legs for days and (laughs) looks like Kendall Jenner.
1: (laughs) My best friend literally looks like Kendall Jenner and it stresses me out. But at the same time, there's been times like in high school where she wants to gain weight and can't. And you know, I just think that instead of preaching what type of body is okay, we should just start preaching that everybody is okay. And that I like that fine. And that if you're super, super skinny or you're not super super skinny or you're curvy or you're tall or short, it doesn't matter as long as you're happy with yourself and who you are like that's all that you need to care about and Mm -hmm. I mean and also another thing is like you were talking about Paris Hilton like if you need feel the need to like get a nose job to like make yourself feel pretty then girl get a nose job like
2: ultimately it's about not judging other people for whatever it is that they feel exactly for them
1: Exactly. (laughs) exactly exactly like
0: I I grew up in the height of her too. I'm I'm not afraid to say my age. I'm 31. So,
1: just act like you're ancient. It's you guys are like not.
0: uh, It's not. I feel ancient most days. Okay, so I chase around virtual learning children in my house
1: all day. So total 180 uh what is your we're gonna go back to books now uh okay. <laughs> moving from body images which is a very good topic to have but we're shifting um what is your favorite trope to write and why
2: oh good question good question um well my favorite my favorite trope to read is age gap romance i'm obsessed with that and that's actually i oh, haven't
1: love and hockey those. by monty j it's my book <laughs>
2: it's age gap <laughs> I, I haven't written one yet that's actually this this book that I'm currently working on the fourth book in the Hermosa Beach series that one's going to be like a legitimate age gap romance mm-hmm. I'd say my I don't know that I have a favorite one to write in but I think the most common one I use which because I was thinking about this earlier and I was looking at my books and and what tropes they were I think it's the um friend's sibling is the kind of one that i hit a lot out of all of my books did
1: you have a friend four four
2: or five of them because i because i write about families and because Mm i you know there's always like there's lots of friendships and whatever like it just it was natural for so many of them to like meet their friends
1: through yeah
2: sibling or you know whatever and i think some of it stems from the fact that i always wished that I had like the older brother who could oh. introduce me to his hot friend. Same. Um, yeah. So I'm like, I'm fulfilling young Jillian's um, un, unsupported fantasies, you know? like I feel that. I never got to live out in real life.
1: <laughs> I'm the oldest, I'm the oldest, right? And so my next youngest sibling, he is currently in high school. And so like, I, have, I might have this fear like when we were growing up and I'm like older than he is, right? And like, he would have friends that would come over and they would tease him because he has sisters and they're like, you know, like, oh, you know, your sisters are good looking. And I was like, Connor, you are literally living. You know me guys, you know how many books there are out there. They're like, you're living it. <laughs> like, I, I'm sorry. I apologize. I hate this for you. But so yeah, I never had an older brother to be like, are you bringing over your friends? Because in these books, these friends are coming over and they're sharp. they're all hot. And they're all, all gorgeous, hot, and they've got that We're V line. All football players with yes. rock hard abs, and, and it's they like where's my older brother? And they are the- playing in the in the yard, and there's water, and I need that. Where is that at? I never <laughs> had that. <laughs> I'm the oldest
0: of three kids, so I agree. And I had a young, I had a baby brother who was five years younger than I am. That <sighs> always, me out. always over. That and then of course we had a sister. I have a sister that's younger than me too. So her and I are the oldest too and we' are the ones who had bounced around driving in cars and <laughs> they were like oh can we go like I'm like no
1: <laughs> the town so do you speaking of writing do you work on multiple WRps at one time like work in progresses do you want I on could multiple?
2: not do that even if I wanted to I I am a commitment kind of gal. Once I start a book, that's the book I stick with until it's mm-hmm. done. And um, I think I only had one time where I was working on it, and I was like, you know what? I am not feeling this project. This is not going to be what I work on right now. And I set it aside and I started working on something else. But usually, I am a if I'm going to sit down and write a book, I I finish it. And um, I just yeah, I feel like that would I would be so distracted. I don't know that I could do it.
1: I'm having that problem at the moment. <laughs> it's like, so I have this series I'm currently working on, which is a sports romance, but I have this, this idea. I'm going to use your word <laughs> from earlier. You're percolating a word that is just like <laughs> in the back of my head. And these characters are like, write us. And the, the genre, it's still romance, but they're so different. Like the complete total opposites. And I'll be like laying in bed at night. And I'm like, you could do it. Like you could do it like it, it wouldn't clash they're different what characters
0: some, what some authors do though write <sighs> a book and write another one in between for another series
1: I can do that done. I don't think I can. Well, and that's that. what I'm
2: that's what I'm doing so I cannot write a book I cannot write multiple books at the same time
1: mm-hmm.
2: but I'm in the middle of my Cedar Point series and I'm going back to finish off my Hermosa Beach series and then I'll come back to Cedar Point once I'm do you done think with
1: that, that helps like your creative this is a genuine question not just for the podcast do you think that helps your like creativeness like you when you write okay so like you go to Cedar Point and like then you come back to Hermosa and you're like oh I miss you guys like the juices are flowing like does that <laughs> like is that does that help you um I feel like well one
2: I feel like with every book that you put out, you grow a little bit, right? Mm-hmm. So if, if you take a break from a series and then come back to it, to some degree you will have grown or improved, hopefully yeah. um, a little bit by the time <laughs> you do it. I feel like maybe it's not that it helps my creativity, but it allows me the ability to write a story when I'm excited about it. And I feel like that improves my storyline mm-hmm. because if I say to myself, I am writing this Cedar Point series and I'm going to write it from start to finish until I'm done and I won't work on any other projects until I finish it. If I hit a book and I'm like, oh my gosh, I just need a break from this series, from this voice, from this same town and these same descriptions of this town. If I don't allow myself the ability to take that breather, I'm going to give a boring story to yeah. a reader and I would rather write I'd rather wait and come back to it when I'm excited to dive back into that world again when I am just as excited to dive into it as someone else and that's how I feel about this fourth book in the Hermosa Beach series because I love the Cedar Point series I'm I'm very invested in it and I am I already have my little nuggets of information for what the rest of the books are going to look like but I wrote back to back to back the three books in the Hermosa Beach series and I was Mm -hmm. like I just can't write another Beach book right now I can't and so that's why I started The Trouble with Wanting in this new series now now. I can finally go back to it and be excited to write this fourth book this final book and wrap up this series in the way it deserves and I think that ultimately it comes down to honoring your craft the way that you need to honor it and for me it's taking a break until I am excited to write the book that readers want
1: yeah and I mean I love uh, okay so I love hockey I could write about sports like every day for the rest of my life and be okay like I wanted to be a sports journalist for a really long time I love talking about sports I love watching sports that's awesome but at the same time, this is the third book in this series. And not that I'm not excited for the fourth book because I love the characters and the plot I have for it. It's just that this other series is like here and they're like very <laughs> impatient. And so I'm trying, I'm juggling between wanting to put this third book out, which is like halfway done, and put it out. And because I love this book, I love this couple. And then shift gears and start this new series and then go back to the other ones so that I'm kind of like more excited and not having to like worry or like not having like this other these other characters like wanting their books wrote now and I won't be able to focus on you know book four and you know the ones that I'm doing on this other series so it's just like a super stressful process and I don't like it.
2: I feel like there's something really I feel like there's something valuable about moving between multiple series, maybe not the book, like not writing multiple books at the same time, Mm -hmm. but as an author, if you, and I just want to say, this is just an opinion. It's not judging anyone's choice to write only in a series for like five years. Right. But it feels like if you are writing in a series you are then kind of locked in with the readers who like that series. Whereas if you are moving between multiple series, you have, it feels like you have the ability to find new readers in a different way. Mm -hmm. Um, And I I feel like that's, you know, if if you're looking at it from a business perspective, sticking with one series could work to your advantage or, stepping outside of that series to create something new could work to your advantage as well.
1: Yeah. And I have like, I'm like the most like anxiety ridden person you will ever meet in your entire life. I'll walk into (laughs) a store and my hands are sweating. Okay. So like everything scares me (laughs) and it's like, I the the drastic change between like I'm both I'm writing young adult and new adult in the series I'm currently writing but this one is straight new adult and it's like dark romance and like it's just such a drastic change like a so big and I feel like the the readers that I have gathered and that I have you know got in my little circle here are going to be like where did this come from (laughs) I'm confused (laughs) but there are so many people that love that genre I love that genre And like, like I was telling Stevie earlier, I love like Stephen King and like HP Lovecraft and like RL Stein, like horror books and horror movies are like what I grew up on reading and stuff like that. And so like being able to combine the two of them is something that I have wanted to do like for a very long time. And those ideas have just like been there. And so I think I'm just going to go with it. I'm just going to wing it. something I shouldn't wing I
2: say dive in and also if you have these voices that are chirping at you that want to be heard like maybe like you might not be able to continue your current series until you let those voices breathe like breathe like they need a place to go Mm -hmm. and maybe you put them all on the page and you give them a space and then that gives you the room to then go back and be more creative and more intentional and more thoughtful about your current the series you're working on right now
1: yeah and I mean I sent Stevie like this whole thing like it literally in like one night I like broke down this timeline I broke down what I wanted to do and like the whole series and I sent it to Stevie and she was like what did you do (laughs) I was like this this is what I did, and it, it was, was like
0: so random too. It was really late at night,
1: and i It was one of, it. You know, like one. It's know GIF you see, a GIF or however you say it. I don't know. On the internet, where it's like that guy, and he has like all those pages up with like the the thumbtacks. Yeah, like, the he's
2: the guy. Who, the conspiracy theory guy. <laughs> that's me.
1: That's <laughs> me. Literally me. It's like look <laughs> at this. I sat up all night working on it. It's beautiful. I love it. And so this is like what that's I've done. Great. So that's been something that I've literally been like stressing about um so what is one trope i know that you said uh age gap romance which i also love but what is one trope you haven't written but would love to write like something completely different than what you're writing currently okay i would say that the one trope
2: that i would love to write that i have not written yet is a student teacher romance too god you speak speaking my language and here's why oh god i had a massive crush on a teacher when i was in high school me too this That's is something nice. that my girlfriends from high school know but wasn't like as far as i know it wasn't common knowledge so the <laughs> I'm talking about it now it's actually like you guys just got like the big juicy secret number. oh my god yeah um i had a massive crush on this teacher who was like Breaking eight news. years eight or nine years older than me and um Yeah, so just, I just feel like (laughs) writing that story, writing a student-teacher romance would like, it would like voice something that's never been able to be voiced.
1: (laughs) Exactly, yes, exactly. I have, uh, I love student-teacher romance, but like I've only found one that I have really enjoyed and that was Unrequited by Saffron Kent. I love reading her stuff. I love that book, okay? that man (laughs) literally makes me blush okay and so uh, I love reading a good book I love reading a book that makes me feel things and so like like if I blush or like I have to put the phone down because I'm like oh my god I cannot believe you just did that and like I have like these moments where I really connect with these characters and so I think that's something is super admirable about you know people that are able to I mean people that are able to make these characters so like realistic and so lovable that readers are like, what are you doing? Like stop, like literally you're having a conversation and like loving these characters. My husband has came home, I have been in bed, like literally bawling my eyes out, literally crying. And he's like, who died? And I'm like, this character in this book died, that's who died. And he's like, I literally worry about you, like Jesus what is wrong with you?
2: (laughs) I feel like getting emotionally connected to characters or people on TV shows is like a completely valid 100% understandable thing. Mm -hmm. There was back when my husband and I were first dating I was still watching Grey's Anatomy and there was this episode where this elderly couple came in for like a routine surgery and the wife had a do not resuscitate order and she ended up passing away and the 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 guy, they're, like, in their 80s, right? And the guy yeah. is like, yep. why aren't you doing anything about it? And they were, like, we're not supposed to. And he goes over and he starts doing compressions on her chest, mm-hmm. which is what keeps her heart going. And then he realizes that the only reason her heart is still beating is because he is doing the compressions. Oh. And Bailey comes over and, like, he, because he says, like, I can't be the one who lets her die. And so Bailey, the Uh, one of the main characters comes over and lets him like walk away and she continues the chest compressions and then eventually stops yes I was bawling I mean like sobbing like (laughs) I have never sobbed in my entire life and my husband who was my boyfriend at the time came like flying into the room he's like oh my god are you okay like what's going on and I was like (laughs) he's dying (laughs) (laughs) it was like literally me because it it makes you feel like you know someone who is mm-hmm. going through this tragic, horrible, just moment. unfathomable moment. Yeah, and that's what makes art. Yeah, whether it's books or movies or music or whatever, it's that connection that makes it
0: just
1: mm-hmm. everything. Anything that moves you is art.
0: I will yes. always, I will always validate people's emotions when it comes to reading books. As a blogger standpoint, it happens often. <laughs> Shoot, I was on like and I told her I, in the middle of writer her last book I probably towards the end of the book I was in bed at two in the morning eating ice cream sobbing my eyes that was <laughs> yes I was like
1: this is not okay <laughs> and so like one thing since we touched on like negative uh reviews or whatever positive reviews when people message you after they've read a book and like, say like a, like the last book I wrote dealt with a very heavy topic of like mental illness, because it's something I hold so like close to my heart because my dad struggles with bipolar disorder. And so like when people message you and they're like, like this one, it literally is gonna make me cry right now. There's this girl who messaged me and was like, "Um, Hey, I just wanted to message and let you know that like my partner has bipolar disorder and the way that you wrote it and the way that you showed that just because she found the, like, you know, her boyfriend or like the love of her life or like her person doesn't mean that her bipolar disorder disappears. And that was just very, like the way you wrote it was very uh, like representative of like my relationship. And I really appreciate it. And I was like crying. What I was like crying. I know oh, when people compliment. compliment stuff like that, like the way that you handle certain topics. I'm like, y'all got to stop with this nonsense. Cause look at this, these tears that are absolutely pouring. I can't handle it y'all are making me emotional
0: my first review after I read love and hockey and had her sobbing
1: all of my thank yous literally say stop it you're making me cry and I know that people think I'm joking but literally I am actually crying I promise you (laughs) so um you hit on talking about tv shows are there certain things that you watch or something you see that like inspires like what a character will do or something like that like where do you get your inspiration from other than the fact that you live in Hawaii and there's all <laughs> kinds of lovely things <laughs> you know like none of my
2: books. none of my books have been inspired by living in Hawaii um every every book I write is most most people live in places with seasons um, mm-hmm.
1: <laughs> um you're writing what I know, you want
2: I, I know this might sound I don't know how this is gonna sound my relationship with my husband is my primary source of inspiration when oh, it comes it. to writing, and it's still so my romantic art. <laughs> he's my beta reader, and uh, so every time I write a book, he I finish it up, I do like my first round of edits, and then I give it to him, and he reads through it twice, and he reads through it once for enjoyment, and then he goes back a second time and makes notes on it and whatever. That is and beautiful. I love- I love watching him read it oh, because he laughs at the moments that are us and it's one of those things that I think I'm sure there are plenty of other people who are like this too but so much of my if you were to be someone who was in my life who knew me you would be able to read my books From start to finish like from the first book i wrote to my most recent and you would be able to identify what i was going through in my life (laughs) and be able to like connect what i'm talking about and what the characters are going through with what's going on in my life
1: and oh my goodness
2: it's not i would say that it's not visible enough that if you don't know me you would know you know like just because the character has like a, a romance or some weird thing going on that's not necessarily the connection to my life it's the little comments it's like the little side things that you think don't matter that are the things going on in my life um so I'd say I would say that's where my inspiration comes from it just comes from the kind of mundane silly things my husband and I talk all the time and I'm constantly making notes about funny things we joke about And that's, like, the little goodies that I, like, trail into my books. Literally, I'm
1: crying right now. Like, thank you. Like, that (laughs) is so romantic. Like, I love, like, I literally love that so much. Not that my husband is not supportive because he is, but he doesn't read, okay? Like, (laughs) he doesn't read at all. He knows what I do and he supports what I do. Like, yeah. I hate like I don't do the dishes because I'm like literally in the middle of a chapter that like needs to get done and I'm like feeling it he'll like do the dishes like he's super supportive in that way but the boy does not read okay and so that just makes me so emotional that is so sweet I love that I adore that with like everything in me and I think that like my inspiration comes from like I think there's a piece of every single person I've ever met in my books like I take I guess like moments that have happened, I have like a very big group of friends that I like cherish like with my entire heart and like stupid stuff that they will do will (laughs) find their way into these books. And so actually at the end of one of my, the last second book I wrote, I did my acknowledgements or whatever. And like at the end of it, I had so many messages from people being like, oh my God, the end of your acknowledgements was so funny because I was like, and to the guy that inspired Nico, if you're reading this, tell your mom, I said, hi. And so obviously the dude's never going to read it. Right. And I told my husband about it and he thought it was funny because obviously he knows who he is, but I, I thought it was so funny. And like, obviously the guy's never going to read it because he doesn't read, but I just thought that was hilarious that everybody thought that that was funny. Cause I was like, yes, that was what I was going for now. Like just cause there are points in that book that like, and I don't even think I was really romantically involved with this guy. Like I was literally just friends with him in high school, but Mm -hmm. like the way he was with his mom and the way he was with his parents and how he was very like down home, like inspired a whole freaking character for me. And I was like, there were, this, there were these certain points in there that I was like, if he read that, he would know that that was about <laughs> him. He would <laughs>
2: know that that character is literally He him. would know,
1: <laughs> and that would made me nervous, so I was like, I might as well just acknowledge it in case it ever happens. I all,
0: all the acknowledgements. <laughs>
1: shoo. No, it stresses me out, but um, I think that's all the questions that I have. Uh, Stevie, do you want to do any more questions or anything like that?
0: Nope, but I can do next week. Book releases which i'm excited about next week is a big week guys but Possibly today was
1: only 13 books jeez almighty that's a lot of books however thank you so much for coming on our podcast talking with you has been super awesome i like love you already oh my gosh like, I, I love you too hopefully <laughs> <laughs> follow me on instagram and ta- and hit me up if you ever want to have a conversation yeah um, so uh,
2: I'm definitely gonna be friends um but thank you for having me seriously it was it was wonderful to be invited to chat, and I was very honored. Um, this is only my second time doing a podcast, and it's my first time being just invited. And I wanted to say <sighs> the feelings that I got when I got
1: that <laughs> message. I was like, oh my gosh, somebody wants to talk to me. <laughs> I love, Yes, I love you. You are literally me. Thank you. That's me. I'm
0: going to name drop who's going to be on next week because I got confirmation today who will be on the next
1: episode. Is...
0: Harlow ray,
1: ray. Uh, we're super yeah. excited about her we
0: but confirmation that natasha madison will be on next month
1: throws up Wait. yeah i gotta talk to all these people why are you gonna be do this but I'm i when i hear her name i am i was super glad and super like stoked to like hear all the things you had to say and it was like super cool getting to know you and is there anything that you'd like to say before we stop recording or anything like that any shout outs
2: um well i would love it if any if if listener sweet listener if you would like to pick up my most recent series the cedar point series i think it um is a delicious little escape in the dumpster fire of the world we are in currently um so i would i would love if you would give that a chance it starts with the trouble with wanting um, which is a little meet cute on an airplane that introduces you to a small town. And then the opposite of Falling that just came out October 5th. And um, if any of you do check me out and like me, I'd love for you to join my reader group because the Jelly Beans. That's what I'm doing called. that.
1: I'm I don't even think I'm um, in it and I need to be <laughs> in this group. <laughs> me too. If you'll excuse me, I'm just going to jot that down real quick.
2: I, I think it's a fun place to hang out. And Why
1: does uh, everybody have cool author Facebook names except for okay, me? Okay, here's Jesus. what I'm gonna here's what I want to say though <laughs> it
2: took me forever to pick a name and I just I was like oh like look at like Penny Reed you know like her last name is Reed like, like, like just, how cool is that like you know like so many people have these wonderful names it
1: took forever to pick one but MJ you, Sassy Sparrows like
0: Harlow Ray has her is it her it's her harlots
1: I don't want to talk about it okay mine I don't understand how everybody has these cool ones my last name is so- Jay so I was gonna be like jaybirds no I hated that so we did ice queen (laughs) we so I did I did MJ's ice queens so because it's hockey and I was like we're going with that we're sticking with it
2: (laughs) but here's the thing is that it, it, it it's one of those like weird things that you'll you'll find like for any author that's out there that's wishing that they could find a cool name for their reader group like It takes a while and then eventually you'll find the perfect thing for your group.
0: The excitement, we forgot to record an outro. So it's me, Stevie. I'm back to say thank you again to Jillian Leota for joining us tonight because we had an awesome time talking to her. We are so excited for her future books, me included for Cedar point. So shout out to that. Um, We will see you guys in two weeks for another new episode And I hope you guys consider subscribing and dropping some reviews. We hope to see you soon.